You're listening to the Delay of Game podcast with your hosts, Matt and Wit. But you can't explain all of it. You're right, man. Like there was some ugly football played this past week, but I'm sure that that will only get better as more of these guys get their continuity together. Yeah, I think the b- most important thing about week one is like kind of like the preseason suit. Don't overreact. Yes. Don't, yes. Like, don't get too high. Don't get too low yet. It's just week one. Give it like two or three more weeks. Like by week four, then we start to know who people really are. Unless okay. you're the bears, we already do. <laughs> well, I was actually getting ready to say, I mean, why don't we just go right into it talking about teams whose expectations were too high or too low and they need to stay right in the middle for the first week. That goes right to the bears. The hype train was <laughs> off the track. Okay, going into the season, DJ Moore, all the acquisitions, Fields being an MVP candidate, like people were writing his name in before a snap was played for the MVP. People 100% were placing that bets, especially if you were in Chicago, you were scouting out tickets for the Super Bowl. It's true. If you were a Chicago Bear fan, unless you were listening to us and we told you to temper those expectations. Like I was actually able to get into the psyche of a Bears fan. And I'm just going to give you a quick run through. <laughs> Last Thursday, nothing but jubilation and excitement. Then probably about 1130, whenever the Detroit Lions knocked off the Chiefs, there was a shit. We might have to deal with them, but that's okay because we're still better than the Packers. One o'clock Sunday rolls around. I'm ready to beat the Packers ass. It's a new era in the NFC North. 430 Sunday. I fucking hate this place. I hate Everything about this team. Chase Claypool sucks. Justin Fields sucks. Offensive line sucks. <laughs> like, it was pretty quick. I'm pretty sure they're ready just to burn down Packerland because it's like <laughs> not fair for them to have another good quarterback. Their quarterback already seems better at throwing the ball than Justin Fields does. And it's not even close. It's not, it's close. not even close. was actually watching them throw. One of those guys yeah. is better than the other. You know, and everyone could talk about like, oh, well, Jordan Love had three years in the Matt LaFleur system, blah, 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 blah. But uh, Jordan Love also didn't have Christian Watson on the field. He lost Aaron Jones early in the second half. Like he didn't have his weapons out there. and He was still putting on a clinic. It helps that their defense was taking the ball away from Justin Fields, though. Yeah, We can't have it both ways when we're saying that Rodgers didn't have weapons around him. And now you're trying mm-hmm. to say like Jordan Love does. Yeah, like, he still has the same receiving core that we're suspect about, other than Christian Watson, who still you know give him some more time too. Like, yeah, he he's only a got good, a year under his belt. Not like a ridiculously great season, but he had a good one last year with Aaron yeah. Rodgers throwing to him. So we were saying like, hey, maybe be worried just because he blew out the Bears <laughs> doesn't mean that you suddenly <laughs> get to start saying, well, blah 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 blah. No, they're the same. This is the team that was like, let's just have two running backs. And then they yeah. just lit up the Bears. You know what? The two running back system may be in their favor right now. Aaron Jones with that hamstring, he might be out a couple of weeks. So. I was going to say, when Aaron Jones can take a screen and just take it to the house, and he's done that repeatedly, yeah, that's a real weapon. So and that's that, a receiving weapon, true. though. That's why we it's like um, CMC, because he catches the ball so much. Oh, yeah. And I know we're going to talk about the Steelers in we'll that get there. 49ers game. We'll later, get there, sure. Steelers fans. Just for sure. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are going to want to go ahead and pour a stiff drink now. But yeah, like I think the Packers in that uh, Bears game, 
it was exactly what you wanted to see as a Packers fan. You want to see Jordan Love come in there and not see that the game was too big for him, right? That that was what you needed, and that's enough to keep your uh, your optimism high for that team. That's what he kind of showed last season. That's why it's like, you know what? I would take a chance on Jordan Love. If uh, yeah. Washington had the opportunity, if uh, Rodgers had stayed there, it's like, make the trade. Because we saw oh, that absolutely. it wasn't too big for him. That's a perfect way to put it. Like he yeah. didn't seem overwhelmed, which is what the problem with a lot of young quarterbacks is all the mental game, right? They have the physical tools, but it's too much. He seems it's to kind of be like got a pretty good deal. Now we always keep saying, wait till defenses adjust. So we'll see. That's the, that's the huge thing, right? Once they get the footage on you, what is it you do at that point? So we're going to give him another four weeks. We'll see what he looks like. And we can reassess at that point. But let me ask you this, Matt, as a bears fan and the, Hype train now stalled, pulled over. That bitch ain't running. How do you, how are you able to just pull the season together, right? Do you just put it in a vacuum and walk away onto the next week? Or do you recognize that this is going to be an ongoing problem? I would hope you're realistic and say, well, we have a young quarterback that we're still hopeful will grow. And maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, we saw them adjust their offense last season to his strengths. I don't know if this season, maybe they were like, Hey, he can just light people up throwing the ball. So let's do that. And they're going to bring it back to a lot more running. Uh, we'll see if they make some adjustments, see if he makes some, some additional growth. You know, again, like you said, he says more. It's the first time playing with him. Like some of that time, the timing and stuff you have to work through. So if I was a bears fan, I would just, what I kind of said before is be hopeful that by the end of the season, we're seeing growth. We're seeing yeah. a much better team than they were last year. I'll say this. David Montgomery was running his ass off. Like he was making things work. Like if you can build around the run game, I think you have the ability to be successful. The problem with that though, is that leaves very little room for error. That's like, the hard part. That's the problem. And if your defense is still a work in progress, it makes it even tougher. It's true. It's true. Now I'd like to pivot. Oh, good. Like, what did you mean, Khalil Herbert? Because David Montgomery's on the lines now. He did run well. It was Khalil Herbert. My bad. (laughs) It's all good. But yeah, David Montgomery did play well. So just saying. There you go. Uh, But I was going to say to pivot to a a defense that is not jelly or isn't on the come up, but they're already there. Can we just for a second talk about that Jets Buffalo game? Oh shit! I was going to say. Is this like the one time your preseason favorite, you might have just hit a home run on it? Because you were talking Jets. You stood steadfast. Jets win the AFC East. Um, I mean, I... Without Aaron Rodgers, that defense is still phenomenal, and they still have a good running game. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. When I made that prediction, it was factoring Aaron Rodgers. Zach Williamson, that dude is a problem. We were talking about quarterbacks who have the tools, but not the the upstairs, <laughs> the intangibles. That's the exact prototype of what we're talking Poster about. Poster boy right there. Yes. Now, that defense was gross last night. They made Josh Allen look like season one Josh Allen. Just throwing the ball all over the place. Jordan Whitehead had three picks. It was ridiculous. That defense is phenomenal. And also... Garrett Wilson is that uh, catch is insane. He's going to, if Zach Wilson has to keep playing, he should throw the ball to him a hundred percent of the time. Oh yeah. There's nobody else in the the ball. (laughs) 
Like, I have to believe as soon as Aaron Rodgers went down, Randall Cobb was like, shit, I'm going to get cut. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, I'm going to get cut. (laughs) No one's going to throw me the ball. But the big question I had for the Jets was that O-line I wasn't 100% bought in. They played well against a good Bills D-line. Okay, played well might be a bit of a stretch. Like, did you see how quickly they were collapsing the pocket against Zach Wilson? Like, it's true. Zach Wilson did scramble a lot, and so that was to his credit. They ran, though. I don't know if maybe it was just Brees Hall made them look good. No, Brees Hall is a fucking beast. Is like, real good. God damn. And if I'm Brees Hall, I'm looking at Garrett Wilson and I'm fucking pissed because that 80 yard run, if Garrett Wilson isn't celebrating and threw a block, that's a touchdown. Unfortunately, that's not what happened. He gets tackled at like the 10 and then you have to put the ball in Zach Wilson's hands and you settle for three. That's when you got to pull the Emmett Smith where he has that famous story. Where he was running, trying to like run for a touchdown. And somebody was like, yeah, I saw that. That was a great play. He's like, what the fuck are you doing watching? You got to be blocking. <laughs> there you go. There you go. My guy. Okay, I'm a score, then we celebrate. Don't celebrate while I'm trying to run, okay? I just ran 60 yards. I'm fucking tired. Yeah. Like, what are we doing right now? Get me in that end zone, and then we celebrate. Thank you, okay? We we score, then we go out to Waffle House, okay? You don't get Waffle House before you score. That's how this works. All right, talking about overreacting, if you're a Bills fan, if you're a Bills Mafia right now, ooh, how bad are you feeling? It's not only three interceptions. Josh Allen had two fumbles. Yep. Five turnovers himself. Mm-hmm. This is the worst we've seen Josh Allen in a while, but we saw a turnover problem last season, which is why you did not want to keep him in the top two or three. This was yeah. his whole turnover issue to start the season that directly cost them the game. Oh, absolutely. I think they had the ball with four minutes left. And then on the first snap, he fumbled the ball, right? You're, you are absolutely 100% right. Like He is the reason that they, that they lost this game, but this isn't new for them. He's the reason they lost to the Vikings last year. Like He's the reason that they lost to the Dolphins last year. Like He's had, I think they said he has 82 turnovers since he started, or since he's been in the league. That's number one. That's crazy. I mean, I, he has phenomenal ability to throw the ball. He has a great arm, great accuracy when he's on. But then he guess he just trusts himself too much. Yeah. He doesn't have the Mahomes the magic that makes people drop the ball for whatever reason. <laughs> so, all right, here's my issue. with Not even an issue, but I think Bills fans need to be resigned to the fact that this is what they bought. High risk, high reward. What I think is more key here, and we talked about it before the season started, Stefan Diggs watch. When shit starts going wrong, it's time to start looking at his Twitter because he's going to start being vocal. Apparently he hasn't he said anything yet. Pretty hot on the field. Like people oh, saw yeah. that he was visibly upset about what happened. Oh, yeah. Like he hasn't said anything yet publicly, but it's only a matter of time. You let them get another two losses or whatever. Like it is going to get ugly. And like I said before the season started, contact detrimental to the team. That There you go. Let's see. So they playing? we'll see. They're playing the Raiders. Raiders won, but not convincingly. Eh. I think they'll be okay. But then they have eh. the powerhouse defense in week three. We'll get to that when week three rolls over. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, they're playing the Raiders, who barely beat the second best team in Colorado. <laughs> okay. Right now, the Colorado Buffaloes are the best team in that state. So Fair. I don't We're think that's anything. Football. Yeah, I just don't think that's anything to say 
like you know that's a that's a huge victory for the Raiders. But this should be an opportunity for the Bills to get back on track. Hopefully, I mean if they do not, if they start zero and two for whatever reason. Ooh, yikes. yeah, for sure, man, for sure. And now I do want to talk about another team with a great defense that put on a bit of a a resurgence in the second half to fuel their team to a win. Okay, we're talking about your Washington Commanders against the Arizona Cardinals. Matt, tell me how you were feeling. I was a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> so Washington's defense largely played a really good game. Mm-hmm. Like they held them to very few yards. They had a couple of drives where I was like, what the hell's going on? But then they clamped it down. They only allowed nine points on yeah. defense. Sam Howell was definitely a ro- like a up and down. I had to keep reminding myself, it's his second game, first game in the new system. Because mm-hmm. he shows a lot of promise, but then I think he's sneaking too much mm-hmm. and he's looking for deep shots. So I was definitely very concerned for a good bit there, but there's a lot of promise. One thing I'm a huge fan of, it took them until the fourth quarter to have a three and out. This is a oh, team that go. has loved three and outs. Silver lining. So at least, okay. yeah, there's, there's some promise there. Like if you can get drives going, at least that helps the defense controls field position, turns those field goals, you know, if you push them back 20 yards instead of having a touchdown, now they have a field goal. So, you know, there you go, man. I think you took the, you're taking the right approach. Don't expect the world from Howell and don't think the sky is falling on Howell. You have to allow him to grow and mature within the system. Like you said, it's only his second NFL game. Like, and within that, he didn't play the worst. Yeah. He had those turnovers, but that stuff can be cleaned up. I'm more concerned with your offensive line, like they're going to get him killed and come Thanksgiving when they play my Cowboys, he might need the domestic dispute hotline. It's going to be bad unless they can figure out like the quick game, which I thought they were going to do more of. I think some of that was how taking the deep shots and not taking the quick short pass that was open, Mm -hmm. but they're going to have to drill it into him like three steps back, throw the ball like, Drop, throw. Like, it's got to be quick because you can't keep standing yeah. there for a couple seconds looking deep because you're going to die. Yeah, well, and I thought it was very interesting and telling uh, the fact that the Arizona Cardinals aren't known as a defensive powerhouse. And they were able to get home on him. They were able to create the turnovers. Their defense was able to keep them in games. Like, this is a team that we expect to have the first overall pick. And they were taking it to that uh, taking it to that commander's team going step for step. Like... Damn. Uh, is it? I never remember it's Gannon. But what's his friend? Yeah, Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan. I want to say Rich Gannon, but I know that's not the right guy. I assume it's like his uncle or some shit. <laughs> Jonathan Gannon. He had that team playing hard. Really hard. Like, especially that defense, which I guess if you're on the defense and he's a defensive-minded head coach, you're like, well, maybe I can stick around. Like, we yeah. want to prove this defense first, and we're going to play real hard. Because those defensive players were playing tough. They were out to try to kill people. Like, literally... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, they had a couple spearing headshots on people, but no, he had I mean, to they took out a ref shock. So well, if it wasn't for them deciding they were just going to take a what practice squad quarterback, really, and <laughs> brand new to their team and system. And it's like, hey, yeah. lead us. Yeah. Then they very well might have won that game. So then let me ask you this. Like, what does this say about your all world defense that? This practice squad, practice squad quarterback with this ragtag group of receivers was able to keep you stay with you guys. 
a lot of that was those the turnovers. Uh, some mm-hmm. you know because they had seven points on on the defense from a turnover. Uh, that was a you know that's almost doubling their score because they only scored nine. Nine's pretty good. Yeah. Nine's pretty hard yeah, to do I'll nowadays. Give you that. I'm surprised I mean, they didn't have more turnovers themselves. They yeah. dropped, I believe, two picks. So they gotta like convert those. This offense needs them to if they have the ball in their hands to catch it, mm-hmm. as some other teams did. So <laughs> if if you're saying holding a team to nine points, that's a that's an elite defense. That is elite defense. What do you call a defense that holds a team to no points? Completely goose eggs them. What Guys, do you call that? Podcast listeners, this is going to be a long season if this keeps up. Like week one, <laughs> let us down with this Giants Cowboys oh, oh. game. Witt's been waiting to bring it up. It's mm. been killing him, I'm sure. Just savoring that moment. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you. I did have to laugh by the third quarter. Like by the third quarter, we all knew that that game was over. Hell, by the start of the fourth quarter, all the Cowboys starters were out of the game. And Daniel Jones was still getting taken to school. <laughs> Dude, I don't get, and you and I talked about this on my couch. I don't understand why everyone in the media were trying to hype up this team, thinking that Darren Waller, Isaiah Hodgins, and Paris Campbell were about to take them over the top. They There's still-, still one factor, and you're about to touch on it. There's still one factor that goes through all of this that is their problem. And Matt, what is that factor? Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, motherfucker. Still the same guy that we knew he was. Just because he got paid doesn't make him better. Exactly. It just means he had leverage over them, and they didn't feel like drafting another first-round quarterback. Thank you. Please, thank you, Matt. That is exactly right. Doesn't mean he's good. That means they acknowledge they don't have any other options. So, here's your money. When you're talking about a guy having a career year throwing for 3,300 yards and 15 touchdowns, I'm sorry, those are high school quarterback numbers. Not professional football player numbers. Like, that dude is still the problem. And that problem only gets compounded when your offensive line is leaking like a sieve. That shit was awful. And Andrew Thomas just got paid. That offensive line was just atrocious. I think, you know, there's a few teams out there that have a worse offensive line than the Commanders. (laughs) Giants definitely played like it. That was just an all-around pitiful performance by the Giants. Yeah, and I loved every fucking bit of it. I'm sure you did. To answer your original question, the way your defense played, that will win you most any game. Now, can that happen against everybody? I don't know. But if they live up to that hype, that level, they're going to be a nightmare to deal with week in, week out. I'm... You know, I like to try to stay as level-headed as I possibly can. He is. like He's trying real hard. You can tell. I'm, I'm trying very, very hard. But here's my thing. If you look at the teams in the NFC, NFC only, outside of maybe the, uh, maybe the, the Lions, who has an offensive line strong enough to withstand that wave of pass rushers? Hmm. Like, you're talking about guys like Demarcus Lawrence, Sam Williams, Micah Parsons, like... Osio Digazua, like these guys got multiple sacks in this game. And then on the back end, we've got Stefan Gilmore, who got a freaking pick. We've got Trayvon Diggs, who cost two, four, uh, two forced fumbles. And then we've got a great safety. Like, I, I just, I'm, I'm trying really, really hard here. But my expectation level is rising and I'm trying to hold it back. 
You can trust. Unfortunately, I hate. I hate saying it. You can trust that defense. They've been doing it for years. Yeah, they've only kind of added talent as they've gone on, and they've been in the same system this whole time. Exactly. Why would they not be better? You're right. And my, I love Dak. I love Dak Prescott. (laughs) I love Dak Prescott, but he unfortunately wasn't surrounded the best talent in the past season. I'd say like our our receiving core was terrible. It just wasn't good, but. It seems like this year, Mike McCarthy has put an emphasis on protecting our defense by keeping them off the field. And when they get on the field, get us the ball back. Like, I'm that's that's how you <laughs> win games. It's it's gonna be gross. I just need them oh. to collapse in the postseason. What are you doing November twenty third around four o'clock? Is that the Washington game? Yes, it is. Yes, it I is. I am securing myself in an unknown location. <laughs> with no cell signal, but I'll have the game, but I will be oh. in like out of communications. Oh. That's going to be a nightmare. Oh, don't do that, Matt. Don't I told that. everyone gotta... the money line on that one was real good. That hit this is true. Basically in the first quarter. <laughs> this is true. And now I do uh, want to have, I do want to hit one more game before we talk about like some of the other stuff and go keep going, pressing forward. Okay. Sure. So I feel like every game this week basically had a storyline. Yeah. Had a storyline. It was a fun week of football. It really was. It really was. But I want to kind of talk about the Eagles Patriots game. Everyone talked about Jalen Hurts being the second best quarterback. This team being having the second best roster, blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry. You're talking about a Mac Jones led offense kept them to the very end. If it wasn't for Kayshawn Booty, like a fourth or fifth round pick, only getting one step, one foot in, there's a good chance the Packers were going, uh, the Patriots were going to win that game. They are you concerned? Lucky. Are you concerned? So Nick about Sirianni the, uh, the already came out and said maybe he should have played him more in the preseason, which is really good, like self awareness. I will give him that. There. As much as I hate him, I don't think I would be super worried yet because of that. Because you saw what they did last season, but if you're in I guess I would say if you're an Eagles fan, you might need to be worried because you're probably an idiot who thought they're going 17 and 0. <laughs> probably. So you might be like, bring down those expectations. They're still a good team in a weak NFC, like a weak overall NFC, right? There's yeah, I would San agree. Fran and a couple of other teams we won't talk about. But, you know, there's a handful <laughs> of them. There's not a ton, though. It's not the AFC where there's oh, yeah. powerhouses left and right. So. They're going to get a bunch of wins just kind of by the nature of the NFC. They still have a lot of talented players. Just Mm -hmm. walk back like the, hey, it's Super Bowl or bust. I mean, that's what you should always root for, but it's not going to be an easy walk to there at least. Exactly. Like, and I said, I thought that they were going to make the playoffs. I don't think that they're going to have nearly as good a season as they did before. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm not coming off of that. If anything, I might be doubling down saying that Jalen Hurts may not even be a Pro Bowl quarterback. Like, I I understand that sounds wild, like wild ass. I get it. But if you watch his play, I'm not afraid of him. I'm just not. I'm afraid of his weapons. Yeah, you're afraid of his receivers. He has great weapons, great receivers. But you also have to take take into account, we talked about this, there's a lot more film on him now. They know how they're Mm -hmm. using him. Teams, like the, you could tell the Patriots were much more ready for that Eagles offense. Oh, yeah. And they're playing the number one schedule, right? They won their division. They play harder teams now. Yeah. They don't get as many easy games as they did last season. They might have gotten the easiest schedule 
during the regular season and postseason that I've ever seen. Yeah, last season was a yeah. cake, that was a cakewalk largely. Yeah, I just I I don't think I've ever seen anything close to that. So it's going to be harder. You're playing the other division winners in, in the AFC. Those are pretty tough. Yeah, it's true. Or some of the NFC ones, but so I think they're going to have to, like you said, it's going to be a harder. I don't. I still fully expect the postseason. The sky's not falling. But you know, if you thought this was a perfect team that had no issues, then yes, you need to adjust what you were thinking. All right. So I think now that we've kind of talked about the greatness that was some of these games, right? Now is a good time to kind of go into the things we're looking forward to next week and some of the, the headlines, right? Uh, first one I want to talk about is kind of a big loss for the Panthers. J.C. Horn was injured and he's out for a couple of weeks. I think this team already has its issues. They don't need another one on defense. This feels like you are starting every player every week that plays the Panthers. <laughs> It's 100%. <laughs> Everyone dresses do. up. Everybody. You would think they're tanking for Caleb Williams, but they don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough loss, man. They didn't have a great roster. They got rid of some pieces. They have some young players I think they're trying to build around, but you don't want to lose somebody that you're building around early on. Exactly. Like they still have Brian Burns, so you could still generate the pressure, but that back end is now more susceptible because you already didn't have a great CB2. Now you're about to have to elevate him to CB1 and then bring in another guy. So that doesn't bode well for them, but I don't think anybody really expected a whole lot out of the, the Panthers moving into this season. Not at all. Who are they playing? The Saints? So yeah. Olave, everyone else, start them all. Yeah, Alave, uh, Mike Thomas, Rashid, uh, is it Rashid Rice? Whoever they just drafted, Rashid, blah, 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 blah. But like, go ahead and just start them all. That's strong advice from us. They're going to have a long season. I think if you're a Panthers fan, you knew that. Just mm-hmm. try to hope that, uh, what's his name, makes it out alive. CJ Stroud. Uh, Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Yeah, Bryce Young. Well, it's because he's a toddler, right? So it's hard. He doesn't stick out in your mind. So I get it. Rashid Shahi. There it goes. It's a pretty great name. Rashid Rice went to the Kansas City Chiefs. That's who I was thinking about. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And then another piece of news, injury news anyway, uh, Deontay Johnson hurt for the Steelers. This feels like every team got hurt. Like everybody's team got an injury bug, it feels like. It's a rough start to the season for sure. A couple it of is. our teams have been fairly lucky. That's usually the ones that do well. <laughs> True. I mean, that's usually if you look at the most injured teams, they're the ones that are the worst. Thankfully, um, the Steelers, you know, they have George Pickens. That they Offensive are, pass interference waiting to happen, George Pickens. Yeah. Offensive player of the year, according to Steelers fans. Fair enough. So fair enough. He was just waiting for it to be the number one guy for Deontay Johnson to go down. Now, if you listen to Steelers fans, he's about to get 300 passing yards or receiving yards. <laughs> this game alone. Uh, the other one that I was looking at is Anthony Richardson. Uh, they're saying that he's going to be day to day kind of limited. I think you heard his ankle or his knee. One of the two. So that's kind of the risky run with a running quarterback, right? It is. He's definitely a tough runner. We saw him running. That's how he got hurt. He actually played pretty well before then. Yeah, though. I would agree. I mean, he didn't do anything to wow you, but he didn't make any of the boneheaded throws. 
Yeah, his like, accuracy was pretty good, which is what we've been concerned about. More power to him. Now, this isn't an injury news. This is just a, I guess, an observation. Is it too late, or I'm not sure what your legal prowess is on this one. We're not Atlanta residents, but I would like to draft up a malpractice lawsuit against Arthur Smith and the way he <laughs> refuses to use Kyle Pitts. Kyle like, Pitts. Uh, my God. Drake London. Drake London. I was about to say, <laughs> my notes from the Falcons game is, will the Falcons just give up throwing the ball? Like, are they just not even going to pretend anymore? I, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Pitts was constantly open. And they just if refused to throw him the ball. Desmond Ritter, but you have Algier and BJ. Like, what, yeah. why would you not just run? Especially, like, they were both running like crazy. Exactly. Like, or Bijan. Sorry. I, I said BJ. No, no, no. <laughs> I just assume you, straight, you shortened it. That's I'm going to start shortening but, it. That's going to be a thing now. You're all welcome. <laughs> B. John Robinson, who also has, I want to say he has his own mustard. Does he? So, B. John. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he has his own mustard. I hope so, that's a real thing. If you wanted to shorten it, I would go to Dijon, but I wouldn't do BJ. That's not, that's not shorting it. But it's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, okay, that could be a great enough. nickname for him. Dijon sprinkling on that mustard. <laughs> like, that just writes itself. With the way he was running. Like that, I, you know what? Looks I get it. Ridiculous with the football in his hands, which I understand. But why would you take Kyle Pitts eighth overall or fourth overall or Did whatever Arthur he was? Did Arthur Smith take Kyle Pitts? Yes. Did he? Or was it the guy he, before him? No, it was Arthur Smith in his first draft because they still had Matt Ryan. That's true. I mean, maybe he wants to convert him to just the most athletic, athletically gifted pass blocking run blocking tight end there is because he's a freak of nature he's not a great blocker but maybe they're just working on that for years that makes perfect sense take him out for basically a left tackle (laughs) i'm just saying periodically catch the ball i watched darnell washington completely stone uh nick bosa in that uh in that game so having your tight end work as a left tackle it seemed to work for them, so I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but maybe just find another guy. Or don't draft a guy in the top 10 if you plan to use him as a blocker. These are just my thoughts. Well, if he's a tight end. If he's a left tackle, it's different. But mm. Kyle Pitts is a unicorn when it comes to catching the football. You should be force-feeding him 10 catches, or at least 10 targets a game. 10 targets, minimum. Yeah. Minimum. So, what team does he play for by week 8? Ooh, that's a good question. He needs to go somewhere... I would love it if my commanders got in on some of that action. I mean, I feel like they're going to give him up for like a fourth. I would take that. Logan Paul third is good when healthy, but he hasn't been healthy and he's on the wrong side of 32, I think. So dear God, you know how bad that makes me feel. Next Travis Kelsey, Kyle Pitts can get 15 targets a game in our offense. It would be amazing. So I'm throwing my hat in the ring here. And this is more of a wild card just because this seems like something they would do. You know, these Florida boys, the Miami Dolphins. Could you imagine adding Michael, uh, Kyle Pitts to Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill? <laughs> that would be dirty. <laughs> oh, my God. Mike McDaniels had a fucking field day. He would have too much fun. That's actually a that's probably where he should go. Because, God damn, he would be wide open all the fucking all time. All the time. 
Like, now, can you imagine? You have to double Tyreek. Jalen Waddle's one on one, and then you've got your linebacker or your number three corner trying to cover a six foot six tight end who runs like a four four. It's just oh too fast. Maybe four three. Like he is ridiculously fast. Too tall. Huge catch radius. It would be Ooh. just an unfair advantage to have those three guys on the same team. You know team. what? It makes a I, now sense. that you said it out loud, I kind of want it to happen. If they're smart and you're listening, if you're a Miami fan and you're listening to it, start tweeting at them. Give them that idea because they need help. Like, it's true. Coming like, up with these creative ideas. That's why a team needs us. I was going to say exactly. the, the dark horse, though, is the Patriots who believe oh. you can never have too many tight ends. <laughs> Oh, my God. Considering uh, John U. Smith hasn't worked out, Hunter Henry hasn't worked out, it makes sense that they would try to roll the dice on another guy. But Patriots are big into free agency. So they're going to wait until he gets cut or released, and then they'll they get him. They won't pull the trade. They'll overpay him in free agency and then not exactly. use Even though Hunter Henry had a hell of a week one. Yeah, except he made that huge drop that could have extended mm. the drive. I'm looking at fancy wise. That's all I care about. He actually did something. He's number one in points. His contribution to the game means nothing. Little to nothing when it comes to fancy football. Fair enough. Oh, and I just thought of another dark, dark horse for no other reason than I love their sorrow. The bears. Like I know they just signed Cole Komet, but Cole Komet's been on the come up for like eight years or some shit. Like perpetually. It's going to be his breakout season. It's true. Like, there's an annual tweet, I'm sure, that they just keep recycling. I mean, the Bears would do it. Trade, like, a second or a first. Trade too much. <laughs> and then yeah. every Bears fans would be like, oh, shit, now we're going to, this is what gets us over the top. And That's then, right. Justin Fields is ready to take off. <laughs> Justin Fields runs for 200 yards and passes for 50. <laughs> well, 50 of those yards went to Kyle Pitt, so it's a good trade. Off a screen pass. <laughs> God, uh, damn, just speaking of him, I know we probably talked about it earlier. I saw a video today where they were like trying to calm people down. Like, well, you know, Justin Fields. Oh, what was it? Somebody dumped Oh, Jordan Love. They were comparing his dump off to Justin Fields in the preseason where he did those two screen passes that they took to the house. So he like mm-hmm. had a inflated stats. So right. like bringing that. But like, that's what we've been saying. Like people this, were overhyping the numbers when they didn't look at that he got them from like screen passes that he did little to nothing you. on. Thank That's what we you. were saying. That's why we like, didn't freak out and draft him in the third. It makes zero sense why like why anyone looked at those preseason games were like, Yep, this is the guy. This is it right here. Some like people just nothing. completely ignored that stuff and just he played well fantasy wise, and so every fan was like, oh, he's amazing. Every casual fan was like, there he's amazing. Go. He's putting up huge fantasy points because he can run. But they weren't looking at, like, how was he getting those because he was running, not passing. Exactly. Oh, you know, something I came across, and this is kind of off topic, but I, I wanted to bring it up. I want to see if you've heard of this. So I was watching YouTube after my Cowboys blowout. I have heard of YouTube. <laughs> and apparently there's a niche where football fans don't watch the actual game. They just watch the game recap and highlights, and they film their reactions to it. Oh. I highly recommend watching week one Giants fans doing this <laughs> because the excitement and the joy that they have from the first drive 
and by like minute two people are running out of frame <laughs> like they are pissed i i couldn't imagine being a fan and not watching the game and just kind of catching it on highlights i couldn't do it like that was wild to me but it brought me great entertainment but so they were actually were they like live streaming this or i guess no. they're just so committed to their channel they're going to put it out there regardless of it just ripping them apart yeah, no, like, okay. I don't think that this was, like, live-streamed. I think these guys, like, most of them like, yeah, I haven't watched the game. I've been on a blackout. I didn't see anything. This is going to be my, my initial reaction and thoughts. So then they put on the game and go Big Blue. <laughs> and then it just falls downhill almost instantly. I had instantly. never heard of this. This is completely brand new information. I had never heard of it either. But when I started going down that rabbit hole of sorrow, this is how I found it. So and it wait. brought me great joy. Tell the Washington Commanders first the Cowboys when the Cowboys are riding high. They think they're uh, great. And then Washington <laughs> knocks them down a peg just like they did the Eagles last year. Oh, well, you don't have Taylor Heineke this time. So good luck. The magic that is Taylor Heineke. Now, you brought him up because I was thinking Jets quarterback situation. Oh, yeah. Okay. They have to do something. They can't keep rolling with Zach Wilson. Who do they bring in? I actually just saw a trade rumor with Taylor, uh, Jacoby Brissett. They, oh. they were talking to Washington. I'm sure they're calling everybody, though. They have to be. So I feel like Heineke might work there, too. To me, it makes more sense to bring in, like, Joe Flacco, who knows their system was with them for, like, two years or something like that. Knows Zach Wilson. Knows Garrett Wilson. Like, I think it was with Flacco that Garrett Wilson had, like, that 200-yard game last year. Mm -hmm. So, to me, that makes more sense, but I agree. You cannot go into the season, the rest of the season, being perfectly comfortable with Zach Wilson as QB1. It just, it can't happen. No, he can't stay QB1. They got to get somebody like Brissett. I don't hate the idea. Washington, yeah. I think, should just be all in on how, if it doesn't work, we're tanking for Caleb Williams. I already said that. No, but here's my issue with that, though, Matt. Like, it only takes one injury, and you want to have a capable backup. If anything, I saw what happened last year. Dak went down for five games. Cooper Rush came in and won four of those five games. Like You want to have a capable backup. I wouldn't be so quick to get rid of Jacoby Brissett, personally. If Howell gets hurt, tank for Caleb Williams anyway. <laughs> you just go ahead and put our punter in at quarterback. We don't, we, we're not kicking anything. Fourth and 30, you say? Screen. <laughs> yeah, we're calling people up. Like, whoever we need to to be like, we're not doing all that well. Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying, though. But, I mean, they got to call somebody if, if it's enough there. Yeah, I, I think. Because I can't imagine that Jets team. If they can just get a mediocre, like, or, you know, kind of like a qualified backup to become their starter for right now, mm -hmm. which looks like it might be for the rest of the season. Like, that's, yeah. you know, that team is still pretty dangerous. I would be very interested to see how that shakes out. I'm, I honestly think by like week four or five, four or five, Mike Robert Sala is going to be like, I've seen enough of Zach Wilson. I can't, I cannot keep doing this to our defense. They're going to fucking kill me. The more he plays though, the more leverage every other team has when they're trying to make a trade. Exactly. Like you're like, Oh, you're going to trade. No, you have Zach Wilson. So I know you need to pay up. Exactly. Before week two, a trade would have only costed you like a fifth round pick. You wait till week five, it could cost you like a third or a second. We've <laughs> like, seen that, man. Though too many picks. It's true. You know, and I think I said this to you, like, 
Cowboys do have just Trey Lance, who was the number third overall pick, just sitting there. I don't think the Cowboys would be that quick to give up, give him up, but I mean, if they showed up with like a third. That's not the worst idea either. Like, uh, I have a hard time saying potential. no. That's what I mean. Like, be... you put him with a great defense, tell him, hand the ball off to Brees Hall and uh, Dalvin Cook, throw everything five yards and below. Do not show me your arm. I don't need to see it. Well, no, you can have one read, Garrett Wilson. <laughs> throw him the ball. Like, if we're telling you he's your primary, just throw him the ball regardless. Fair. Unless he's Fair. triple covered, then dump it off. Or just run. Okay. I need Garrett Wilson to have at least 36 targets. <laughs> at Every least. <laughs> Every single pass. No other, read, <laughs> no other reads. Just, we're throwing it to him. If he's not there, take off and run. Or dump it. In fact, Garrett Wilson is the only receiver <laughs> on the line. Okay. You've got your five linemen and then you've got three tight ends and then you've got yep. your fullbacks who are blocking like everybody block <laughs> Garrett go <laughs> just go play action it every single time the breeze hall and then exactly either there you go some of the times you hit it to him or most of the time you hit him every now and then he pulls it away he throws it boom there you go I mean sometimes you got to work the numbers yeah they're going to be some picks but they're going to be have to be catches in there too yeah I saw Garrett Wilson make a ridiculous catch I know we already mentioned it, but still. Now, speaking of you know Rogers' injury, apparently it's an Achilles tear. It's really Complete. hard to come back from. He's 39. Is this the last we've seen? The 75 seconds of him playing for the Jets. Is that his Jet career over? Does he I try think, to come back at 30 at 40? I don't think he wants his legacy to be that. I think he's gonna try to come back. Like I just for everything that we've seen of Aaron Rodgers on the field, the dude is a complete freak. I can't see a world where he's like, I want my last images to be this. I just can't. That'd be a tough way to leave. Yeah. It's also, I can't imagine coming back from that at 39. Then trying to be that great again. Do you come back and then be a shell of yourself? Because you can't run and plant and do everything that you used to do the same? Well, I was reading up. They said that the uh, an Achilles rupture, the actual... Uh, recovery time is like six to seven months. Now that's like walking and feeling good, not running, planting and all that. So who knows how long that actually takes for the physical recovery. Yeah. Then you got to talk about the mentals. The stuff I'm seeing is that it takes a while. Yeah. Like we're talking, it's a long recovery, like to get full recovery, like to be playing. Yeah. You know, and I kind of feel like, He's kind of set himself up for his second act of his life after football already. He appears on the Pat McAfee podcast uh, show on ESPN now uh, weekly. Like he does a bunch of other stuff in the media. Like if Jay Cutler has a job in front of the camera, there is no reason that Aaron Rodgers can't have a job in front of the camera. So I would probably be like, you know what? It would have been awesome, but I'm done here, guys. That's what I'm getting there kind of leaning to probably happening he seems like he has a lot going on outside of football like you said he already yeah he's like he's cultivated that life outside of football mm-hmm. so i think it'd be pretty easy i mean i think he was really contemplating it this year exactly like right the, like that trade didn't work out i think he very well might have just walked away that's and i think that's another reason why you just got to be like i think he's i think he's about done i, I w- if it's me i would be but 
I have the body of a 37 year old. Well, I'm a 37 year old with the body of an 87 year old. So <laughs> yes. it's not quite the same. <laughs> not exactly. Yeah. We're not the well oiled machine that he may we, be at 39. It's true. It's true. I'm close though. I'm close. Closer than I've been in for a bit there. So there you go. See? So I think those are some of the, the highlights from last week that we wanted to kind of touch on. Things to look at next week. Now, I want to look at the games because we had a great slate of games last week. I can only hope for the same thing this week. You know, I just want to touch on a few games. I want to get your thoughts. Pick your winners. Yeah, sounds great. Let's go. Why don't we start with the first game of the week? That Thursday night game, big NFC matchup between the Vikings and the Eagles. What are you thinking? I'm I'm going towards kind of the favorite. Philly's playing at home. Mm-hmm. The Vikings just play terrible. I don't think they're going to come out and just lay a, an egg. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be fairly competitive, but I think Eagles go to 2-0. and Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I, I kind of want to play Dark Horse here. I think Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, they learned their lesson last week. Jo- Justin Jefferson had like 140 yards in the first half, and then he got two yards in the second half. I don't think they stopped that train. And I don't believe enough that Darius Slay has enough to stop Justin Jefferson. Mm-mm. And for whatever reason, if he does, you still have Jordan Addison, the kid that you drafted in the first, on the other side. Time for his breakout game. Do you think the Vikings O-line can handle the Eagles D-line, though? That's my biggest concern. I agree. But if you can at least get the quick pass out, their linebacking core sucks. Their oh. linebackers are awful. N'Kobe Dean just got hurt. Like, it's bad. It's so up to them doing the quick game we'll see yeah like if you can get those slants get those crossing patterns you're telling me justin jefferson on a slant route like he could be gone i mean he should like that's something they should definitely try to do i don't know if i see that a ton with them but no because everything is let's roll out let's move the pocket let's get Kurt. like no don't overthink this don't overthink it used to be great with those quick slants you know what you've kind of talked me out of it because I'm asking them to do something I have never seen them do. Do that's they a good should. point. Like this is a game where you need to do that. That's what I'm hoping. Like when Washington plays the Eagles, that they somehow throw the ball out in less than a second each play. Yeah. Like it's got to be a one-step drop throw. Boom, <laughs> step, boom, step, boom. That's all you got to do. Shuffle pass over the top of the lineman, just like yeah, basketball. jump pass, yeah. whatever you have to do. So I'm switching my my pick. I'm going to go the Eagles. Uh, reluctantly, the Eagles. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, though, because you're right. There are some concerns with that Eagles secondary. And yeah. they have Justin Jefferson on the Vikings. I can't imagine he's going to. I think uh, Cousins was a turnover machine last there, week. This week. Yeah. Right? This past week, week, I believe so. Yeah. So I don't think, you know, that tends not to be a thing every week for him. He has a couple weeks where sometimes he has a couple fumbles and stuff. He'd probably throw okay. a pick. But. I see it being well, not a huge blowout, but the Eagles definitely cruising. All right. Well, we're going to find out what game uh, you got. So this week, you said like last week was good. I think this week is going to be pretty great, too. I was trying to place my bets, which turned out to be pretty decent last week. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find those like easy wins. I'm like, oh, this one looks great. This one looks great. There's a mm-hmm. lot that are tough. One of those ones that I think could go either way. I would love to get your thoughts on it. Chiefs, Jaguars, the Jaguars are becoming another powerhouse in the AFC. That offense looks great. Yes, I would agree. 
I'm going to have to take the Jags. I think the Chiefs go start the season 0-2. First time in the Patrick Mahomes era. Like, that would be nuts. I, I'm with you. I don't see a scenario where the where the Chiefs have the personnel to match up with those receivers. That's kind of my thought. Like, I want to go Jags. I think I'm going to go Jags today on the podcast, but I don't know if I can put my money on them because I don't know if I can count against the Chiefs going Where's your conviction? Where is your conviction, Matt? Put your money but where your mouth that is. Jag offense getting Calvin Ridley. That was huge. That's, that was huge. We saw him just take over that first half. Oh, man. I don't know if that is going to be a good game. Their defense allowed a lot of points, though. That's the issue. Like, I think it'll be one of those high scoring games. I just I can't see a world, especially if Kelsey isn't ready because he's practicing at a limited capacity this week. If If Kelsey is not there, I don't see how they keep up. Exactly. Exactly. Kelsey is out. I'm going to wait until like right before Kelsey is out. My money is going down on the Jags. But even if he is there, how much is he going to do with a hyperextended knee? fair like he's not stretching the field he's, gonna he's be not going to be a big yak guy and then right? who do they have that scares you after week one nobody else scares you on that team if i'm honest with you uh, i think the thing that scares me or the, the players that would that scare me on the uh, on the chiefs are all of their receivers hands <laughs> <laughs> all of them as a chiefs fan you're worried about them <laughs> yes not the opposing players not at all <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right man we're going an historic Chiefs 0-2. Hey, I, I don't like seeing it happen because I really like Patrick Mahomes, but I don't I can't see a scenario right now where he avoids really it. I really love it if that happens, but <laughs> just because they've been winning so much. That's because you hate seeing people do well. I get it. I do. I am a bitter, angry man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then why don't we do this? Why don't we stay in the AFC? Let's take a look at the Carol. I'm sorry, the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Baltimore Ravens. Bengals, they need a big bounce back. 82 yards from Burrow this past week. I have to believe he does better. Yeah, they completely laid an egg. I mean, he essentially statistically has to do better. <laughs> like, that's got to be his worst game ever. I know it's the fewest points they've ever scored since his rookie season. And it's the only time they haven't gone without a touchdown. Yeah. You would think. That they were, you know, and then now they've had some issues on the back end of their secondary. I think, uh, God, Marcus Williams, their safety just got hurt. Mm-hmm. So, mm, who knows? It's a like, lot of weapons for Joe. What, do you, what are you looking at, Matt? Oh, who am I picking? This, this was another one I was torn back and forth. Everyone thinks it's Baltimore. I don't know. I think Bengals bounce back, able to get the win over Baltimore. I'm going to put Bengals today. Bengals today. All right. Because I want to be different, I'm going to say the Ravens. I think they gut it out. They find a way to win. That's I think what they tend to do. Bengals end up starting the season 0-2 in their division. There you go. These are I the hot like takes, ladies and gentlemen. Talking about the Bengals maybe having an issue this season. I can't remember. Yeah. In our early episode. Everyone I, else, like the Browns doing better. Like Exactly. So maybe I thought pro- that there was going to be other competition. Yeah. You had mentioned that. I don't want you to be right <laughs> because you were like, cause I know even if you haven't said it, like you're, you've kind of mentioned like you need the Cowboys to go to the NFC championship game at a minimum. I do. I don't want to start checking off all these other like predictions. Like 
Correct for wit. Correct for wit. <laughs> Correct for wit. <laughs> Bengals, I need you to get the win today. Because I was pretty big on the Bengals. And right now, some of my stuff has not looked super great yet. Except I was big on Zay Flowers. And my bets were good. If you listen to oh, me. okay. That Lions plus six was money all day. Yo, great game there. I just... Huge game Huge for that. Huge win for, for the Lions. We didn't even talk about that one earlier. There was too many great games. There really was. There really was. Lions fans okay. had to walk in that Friday to work with that BDE energy. Like, oh, they yeah. had that like, swag going. Like, for sure. Did you see that uh, CJ Chauncey Gardner, uh, their first, I think that's their home game this week. He wants everyone to come in blue ski masks. <laughs> yeah, them shits are sold out on Amazon. Nice. No, <laughs> Lions fans are ridiculous, and they have a chance to go 2-0. Let's go. Dude, I love it. I they love were it. our favorites, and I, I, think, mean, I think they might live up. So you think they're going to beat the Seahawks this week? I think there's a very real chance. I would have to concur. I'm going to predict that they do. Oh, shit. Please don't utter that out. No, do, don't you dare. <laughs> don't you dare. You goddamn coward. <laughs> I'm going to put my mouth on it. From now on, when I truly believe in something, that's that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to put my mouth on this. <laughs> that's not making it better. <laughs> I love it. Matt, just swim down, buddy. Just swim down. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Okay. And then I only had one other game, but did you have one game? <laughs> so I, for no other reason, I think there are two teams that no one really knows what to make of. So the Bears versus the Bucks. Yeah. Good. Bears, we talked about shit the bed completely. There you go. But they still, I mean, they there's that potential there. I think they're going to be a week-to-week team. So I think the... You know what? I would have to agree. I'm going to give it to the Bears, too, and I'm going to put my mouth on it. <laughs> 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 i love it all right well that's all i had this week man this was a great week i can't wait to sit back and watch even more football and then some later everybody